I'm Ben Easter, and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips, and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Ben. This is my lovely co-host and wife, Paige. And today we are talking about something that I think is the, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the single most important thing that you can do in your personal development journey, in your life, uh, in your relationships. It is the single single most important thing, in my opinion. Big claim. Well, I'm going to back it up. So today we are talking about core values. I think this is really important. Paige, what do you, what do you, what do you think about core values? I think it's super important work also. And I also think even if it is something that's part of your reality, if you're super familiar with core values and you have your list and you use it and you work it, I think it's really useful to tune in anyway because the refresher is always great. And I mentioned that specifically because I think values is such an important part of how I think about the world that I forget that other people don't like use it. And then I also like forget like it's it's always great to revisit them because what is relevant is being updated all the time. So I'm glad you're here. If you're familiar with values or if you're not, you will get value out of this podcast today. Yeah. And I just want to, I want to add, so I just had this, went to this men's retreat this weekend. And one of the insights that I had, because, you know, I was doing some stuff, but it wasn't new to me, this like personal development work stuff, but I went through it and I played full out and I, I had the insight yet again, and importantly, had the insight that no matter how well I know something, there is always a layer deeper available. There's always a deeper layer available of understanding. And so, um, so if, if you're like, oh, I got core values, no problem. I got this and I can just not tune into this. My invitation would be listen, play anyway. Uh, I do core values about once a year in my in my own life and uh, just tune into them and check in on them and make sure that they're still really relevant for me. And I, it is always a meaningful experience for me. So my invitation is to you is to listen, kind of tune into your core values. If you haven't done any core values work, we're going to give you some exercises to think through how to do your core values work. And, um, and it can just be so useful. I mean, core, core values, by the way, and this is why I think it's the most important thing is because what core values are, I believe is what it makes a meaningful life. So anytime you're feeling bored or uh, frustrated or out of alignment, anytime you're feeling a negative valence emotion, my invitation is to you is to listen for the core values, to look deep and explore what am I missing that is meaningful to me about my life. And, and then conversely, every time things are going really well and things are alive and you're so excited in the world and, and things feel joyous to you. In fact, I believe what joy is, is the experience of our core values. 
Um, and, and joy might have like a very like happy uh, kind of feeling, but also there's a sense of joy that is like a more deep sense of joy that is not so bubbly. And that is also core values. It's like a, just like a meaning mm-hmm. compass, so yeah. to speak. I would even argue that our core values are there regardless. Like we are being, our internal system is navigating by some set of rules. And when we're creating a list of core values, what we're doing is we're making a shorthand for what is our operating system so that we can more quickly run through our checklist instead of trying to hold equally all things equally important and then find ourselves in analysis paralysis and not able to create meaning. Yeah, totally. So useful for decision-making, useful for understanding why things aren't going well in your reality, useful in so many things. In fact, I'm going to say something that I think is like maybe a little bit of anathema in the self-help community, which is, I believe that purpose, your life's purpose is the experience of your values. So, you know, people want to like make a purpose statement or like make a purpose be some kind of mission statement. And I believe that that your our real purpose in the world is to live a life that is in alignment with our values and that any mission statement that we might have is just a means of getting to that end because if you believe you're on a mission it is a mission to fulfill uh experience the fullness of your core values mm-hmm. yeah i agree yeah cool all right so let's talk about what core values are and are not because i think there's some little little bit of confusion around core values in in the useful. So I want to draw a distinction. There's core values. Core values are, they have three properties. They are intrinsic, they are abstract, and they are universal. So they're intrinsic. They happen inside of us. They don't happen out there in the world somewhere. They are uh, abstract. They are, you can't touch a core value. They're concepts and they are universal. They can be experienced by any person in any situation. Um, so intrinsic, abstract, universal, those are, that's your like guidelines for core values. Can we just to kind of clarify those, give examples of what are or aren't intrinsic, universal and, and intangible? Totally. I got this big old, this big old box of core values so that I don't plant too many seeds. But, um, my invitation by the way would be, cause there can be a tendency when you start to do this core values work to just go look at a list of core values and like highlight and circle things. I do think there is a process that you can do with that where you um, through many layers filter a list of core values to find those but i am a huge advocate of starting internally and starting with your own exploration we'll give you some ideas of how to do that before you go quote unquote shopping for core values i really i believe that it's very useful to first do some internal work and then you can go look at the list because sometimes that'll like help you oh right like that's the word for that thing that i'm talking about they can help you to jog those so I, I wanted to give that as a preface before I start reading off some of these core value cards, which this is like best self core values cards. But so challenge, achievement, adaptability, fairness, adventure, accountability, serenity. And so these are the kinds of words, whether or not I necessarily agree that all of those are core values is another topic for another day. but. Those are the kinds of words that, that are core value words. They're, they're intrinsic. They're, they're, you can feel they're, they're those esoteric kind of words. They're words that are like kind of difficult to pin down because by their very nature, they're abstract, they're universal and they're intrinsic. So that's core values. And another distinction that I want to draw is those are not principles. So I would say principles are 
a different thing. And, and principles in the way that I'm using this word is we have our core values over here. And then our principles are like how we get our core values. They're like the, they're like the way, our ways of operating that we believe contribute to our creation of core values as much as we can. They are also our beliefs about the way that the world works, like the principles of how the world works. And so I want to draw that distinction because I, I think a lot of times people list their core values as principles, like showing up for others might be like the way that they phrase a core value, which is going to be a little bit less useful because the core value there might be togetherness or closeness or connection or community or something like that. And the principle is the, is one of the ways in which you can create that thing, but it is not, it is not a core value in and of itself. And the reason I draw that distinction is because the, the core value is going to be more generally applicable than a principle will be. You can use it in more situations in more different ways. And also your core values are the kinds of things that you can cultivate a relationship with in a way that pr principles they, they don't work as well that way. They're more like rules, if then. Mm -hmm. I just like to draw that distinction. Anything to add to any of that, Paige? No, I think that was pretty comprehensive. Cool. Great. Okay. So if values are our purpose and they are the way that we're showing up to have a truly meaningful life, how do we figure them out? How do we, how do we identify what our core values are? Paige? Mm-hmm. I like what you were saying earlier about doing the internal work, it, going inside and noticing like when things are going well, like what is it about that going well that might be an indicator to a core value or what is not going well? What is it that I don't have that I would like more of that would change my emotional state? And so I think of like we have our values, which is kind of like our operating system, things that we feel nourished when they are happening or when we can notice them and draw attention to them. And so then, but I think of our emotions as like our engine lights. These are what come up to tell us, hey, something wants to be paid attention to. And so the internal work that you're referencing is like going inside and, and asking the questions, when do I feel good? What is it about when I feel good that I can put a word to, to create a shorthand for a value that is highest and best for me? That when I experience this thing or put my attention on it or create a world where it can be expressed, by enrolling other people, by changing our environment, by making decisions, and then creating a list of like the top, I don't know, somewhere between three and 10 would probably be a good place to start. I think I have five that I use all yeah. the time. And and you can have your, yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. Like you can have your, like your go-to list of, you know, it, most people have around 10 to 15 core values. The interesting thing is 10 is a little bit unwieldy for us to keep in our minds. And so just like how phone numbers were seven digits, because seven tends to be like the unit of memory that we can hold on to pretty easily. You know, I think any more than seven on your like core values list, and it's going to get to the point where we're not always able to like use them in a moment to, to evaluate a situation. I personally have three or four, depending on how you count them. I, I, I sometimes have a challenge around authenticity because I believe the more I reflect on it, that authenticity is actually just the embodiment of all your other core values, but I can also see it as its own value. Um, so that's why like, I, I don't really, I, I say that I have kind of four in my core value list and then there's like about three, three or four more in my extended list. So my cores are growth, connection and play. 
and they shift order. And then of course there's authenticity, which again, you know, it's that, it's that like, is it, or is it just really the embodiment of all the others? But then in my extended list, there's like curiosity and wisdom. And so I think like those things are like kind of, they're, they're not, I don't need them in every decision that I'm ever making, but I do think that they're useful for me to check back in on and have in my like extended list that I review on a regular basis. I loved what you said about the engine lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Positive, negative valence. When you're, yeah. when you're having really great experiences, when you're having really negative experiences, that is like a flag on the field. That's like your engine light popping on. And so that's a great way to, to even start right now. You can ex- start exploring your values by saying like, the, when's the last time you can remember feeling a really, whatever you would call a really negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what was missing from that experience? What was missing from that experience? Mm-hmm. Right. If you get an answer back, that is something that you could touch. Okay. What was missing from that experience was money. Mm-hmm. You can touch money. Right. Mm-hmm. Then ask yourself a deeper question. This is the follow-up question with all the initial values work. Mm -hmm. When I have, in the example I just used, money, what does that allow me to experience that I would not otherwise be able to experience? Mm -hmm. And that can help you get to that core value word. All right. So maybe in that case, it's security or maybe it's possibility. Flip side, when do I feel really amazing? (laughs) What are the, what are the, what are the experiences in my life that have consistently created the experience of amazingness for me, really high mm-hmm. positive valence. And then what was important about those? Mm-hmm. My motorcycle. Well, <laughs> motorcycle you can touch. So when I have my motorcycle, what does that allow me to experience? Mm-hmm. Freedom. Yeah. Power. Flexibility. Right? These are cool. core these are core values. Rebelliousness. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think there are other places that we can look that are related to our emotions, but kind of noticing things happening out there, like getting feedback from the world. When people out there show up like that, I feel a sense of admiration, envy. Mm. Envy is a really good emotion to show us what we actually want in the world or maybe an aversion to it. And then asking yourself, like, well, what is it about how that person showed up or about that environment that like, what would if, if we're there, what would have made the experience more tolerable or delightful even, mm-hmm. um, and then start following the kind of thread to figure out what the value is. Like what's in, when we say value, we're really just talking about a word that when you say it, you can remember the whole concept. Exactly. So it, yeah. and it doesn't have to even make sense to other people, Yeah. but it's just like your shorthand for, Oh, that's the word that I call experiences that look like this and like group them together. And then I think what can be really useful is having a list of values and then having some examples for each one of how that gets expressed and having that on hand is such a powerful resource because then we don't always like remember what these values look like, but Mm -hmm. we sit down with a list of values and some examples of each value being expressed in the world. And then we can uh, create a whole cascade of other things like those experiences that also help us get those values expressed in the world. Yeah. And that would be like those principles. And so, and, and yeah. we can come back to that because I want to talk about how we use our values at the end. Um, mm-hmm. For now, let's, let's keep, keep on with um, more ways to discover those values. I think, so what you said was a really great way because we're going to map. So, you know, and, and the superlative words are really useful for this. So like, what's your favorite? What's the best? 
you know, uh, or what's your least favorite? What's the worst? And like people, who's your favorite person or that admiration question? Like, who do you admire the most? I love that as a, as a way to tune into values and just describe your favorite person in the world or the person that you admire the most in the world, right? Start describing them and listing them off and then look for those, those values words in, in there. Cause that's going to be a reflection back of you of what's important to you, right? Cause they would probably describe themselves differently than you would describe them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with your least favorite person. Who's the person that you hate. Now that's also a way to get into shadow work, which yeah. we're, we're not talking about right now, but um, this can be the kind of the representation of like what values are missing or lacking. And so um, mm-hmm. really useful. And then start, by the way, tactically, technically, you can start to just practice by like, take a piece of paper, your favorite document, your favorite app or whatever, and just write like map core values, master list, and just start collecting them. You'll probably have a list of 30 to 50. If you're like most people, in the beginning that will then kind of like be able to weed down and kind of they, they belong in, you know, the same line or the same bucket together. Cause again, we're talking about a concept, not like one mm-hmm. single word and that'll be meaningful for you. So, yeah. so yeah. So we talked about peak experiences, Valley experiences. I think that's another one is like, what have been the best experiences of your life? What have been the worst experiences of your life? And then again, the question that you can use to get to the value is what was important to you about that or what was important that was missing from that to actually access the values word. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anything, anything else? I'm not, nothing else is occurring to me. It feels like a pretty comprehensive list of how to yeah. explore our values. The only other invitation that I would have uh, is, is do this over time and return to it again and again. And we already kind of talked about that in the beginning of this podcast, but one of my stories about this is I, I remember, you know, it had, I had been doing, I'd done this work probably, I don't know, five times maybe where I made a big ass list and then I, we, you know, whittled it down to a really effective list. And I had already done this like multiple times when one day I was like standing outside the trampoline dodgeball court. And I was like, what is it about trampoline dodgeball that I love so much that I never miss it? I will never miss this. If I ever have the chance to do it, I will never miss it. And I, I was like, is it play? Cause I, I had already identified play, you know? And I was like, yeah, but there's something more than just play for me here. Cause I can get play from, you know, having a conversation with somebody at a coffee shop or I can get play from like playing a board game with somebody or like playing a video game or like, you know, figuring out a puzzle, but it was excitement. It was the, the value was excitement. And it was like play plus excitement made trampoline dodgeball something that was like different. And it also had challenge in there. And so there was like, and now I knew about challenge. I knew about play, but excitement had eluded me yet. And this was, again, this was years into this thing, this thing that was so obvious. And then if you Paige, who know me really well, what do you think about my relationship with excitement? Is it something that is important to me or what, what would you say? <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So, so it took me because, and again, like, it's like forced for the treat. It's like, we're close to our values. We're so close to our values that we might not even notice what is important to us because it's so core to who we are. And so my invitation would be to return to this list at different times of the day. And when you're feeling in different states and, you know, when you're on vacation and when you're at work and like, just check, check back in with this list for a while and just have it be like a a part of your process because it will be more useful, the more comprehensive it is for you. Um, And then, uh, and then we'll whittle it down. I don't want to go too deep into the whittling it down process, but it is part of the usefulness. The question that you can ask is, are any of these concepts the same concepts? And so for me, I like to put them in a tournament with each other, like compare one to two and one to three and one to four, and then do that with each one of them and cast a vote with a tally mark or something like that between each one. And if ever you get to, you know, a thing 
where you're like, honestly, I can never imagine a situation where they wouldn't both be present or both absent at the same time, then that concept is part of the same concept for you. And so just add them to the same line. And then mm-hmm. you can come up with your favorite word for it. And that word might change over time as well. But that's a way to kind of like start to eliminate some of the, the core values from the list. And then rank order them because again the top three to seven are going to be the ones that are the most useful for you yeah all right cool let's talk about principles of how to use them how to use them yeah decision making comes top of mind for me oh yeah yeah how would you how would you use core values in decision making page i think a good signal of it's time to check in is when i'm feeling a little like unsettled when i there's a decision that i'm about to make and I'm feeling conflicted about which direction to go. And then I would get out my list of values. And instead of weighing all of the infinity pros and cons, I would just think about the values at stake. And especially if I have my values, like the core list or like the ones up top, and then there's kind of subsidiary ones below that. And I'm putting the highest value on the values that are highest on my list and making a decision to preserve as much as possible the expression of those highest values first. Absolutely. And sometimes just doing that work can help the decision to become more clear. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, don't because it's hard to exactly analyze how much of a value you're going to experience in any situation. Mm -hmm. But going through and asking yourself the questions might change your relationship to the topic at hand in such a way that the, the decision becomes more clear. So if you if it's if it's really tricky for you, I love the visual analog scale for this. So like core value one, growth. How much growth do I think on a scale of one to ten I'll experience from this decision versus this decision? Scale of one to ten. Connection, scale of one to ten. Play, scale of one to ten. And then go through your, your core values list with that kind of a model. And then you can like add it up. And then if you get to the end and you add it up and one is clearly a winner and the other one isn't and you're still feeling indecided, that's good information, <laughs> right? That's really useful information because that means that we probably missed something in the evaluation or in your expectations of what the consequences are. And there might be some other limiting beliefs going on there. But for, for the core values for decision-making, I think that's a really useful model. Communication with other people. We, we have a whole podcast on value-based communication, but this is another way that values get really, really useful is when you're trying to enroll somebody in something or you're trying to figure out why there's conflict with somebody whip out that core values list and ask yourself, what's missing for me here? Mm-hmm. And what would help me to experience more of that? Mm-hmm. And can I ask this person? Mm. Would they be willing to participate? Do they also care about this thing? Because they might not. You know what I mean? Maybe trying to get blood from a stone. <laughs> do, you, do you care about play? No, I fucking hate play. Play is childish. Mm. <laughs> Great. I'm not even going to try to enroll you in my experience of play because you don't care about it. Yeah. Right? And that's totally fine. Yeah, I think under, and maybe it's its own topic, but it could fall under communication, maybe like relationships. So like you and I have really high values overlap. If it were a Venn diagram, the parts that are not overlapping are like little slivers on the outside. And I use that to make decisions about who I keep closest to me. Who are the easiest people to be around? Noticing what they say is important to them, what kind of decisions they make or behaviors they engage in or how they interact with people and weighing that against my own value system. Absolutely. Really, really useful. In fact, I would go ahead and say, as somebody who has dated a lot in my reality, I would go ahead and and say that the single most important thing that I was not filtering for most of my life is core values alignment. And I might've been kind of subconsciously or unconsciously filtering for 
values alignment because again feeling good is is the thing but i i don't think that i was accurately kind of weighting my values and so then like that is like the number one thing that i think makes our relationship such a beautiful easy relationship i mean we have hard conversations but then we even when we have those hard conversations we come back to the values conversation and Mm -hmm. and so like i really think that that is what makes our relationship so enduring and Mm -hmm. fulfilling meaningful yeah yeah. because we have so much core values so using it as a filter for who you keep around now this can be a really challenging thing if you have people that you've been around for a long time that drift the A were never in core values alignment with you because you, you, you were situationally close to each other. And so you have a relationship that was based on shared experience, but not necessarily shared values. This can be a challenging thing, but a lot of times the people who are out of core values alignment were one way of looking at values again is, is purpose. So if people are out of core values alignment with you, what one way of saying that is that we are trying to build different kinds of worlds mm-hmm. into existence. And so conflicts will arise. Literally every time there's a fight between two people, there's a core values misalignment. Something's missing. Those two people might say that they're valuing the same thing, but their principles for how that value gets met or what they're meaning by that concept is out of alignment with each other. Mm -hmm. Every time there's a fight, we're having a values conflict. Yeah. And I also think another kind of way that we can use this that's relevant to what you just said is my word for it is culture. So like within an organization, within a relationship, here's kind of how we operate. Here are the values that we subscribe to. And it doesn't mean that it has to transcend your whole life, but at least like as we're in this business together, as we're in this company together, as we're in this club together, whatever the context is, kind of setting the, one word might be guidelines, but I think that would be more like the principles, like how we get those values met. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and both of those are useful for for culture. and understanding your core values. And this is one of the reasons why core values, it's not just this thing, this list that you make, and then you put it on the wall and it lives on the wall. It's like a living, breathing document. It's a thing that you return to regularly that you use because your, your awareness of your values is like what makes the world the way that you want it to be. And so when we're enrolling people onto our team or into our client roster or wherever, the closer we are aligned around, especially the core values, the easier it's going to be for us to navigate challenges when they come up inevitably, right? It's going to be easier for us to get back on the same page to understand our actions and determine our decision-making process and all that stuff. So knowing your core values, really living your core values and then filtering based on core values is really, really useful so that we can always return to those. Yeah. Yeah. And then your culture is, is your core values on the one hand and the ways in which we go about ensuring that those core values exist in the world. And that's like our necessary insufficient conditions for core values, like what has to happen in order for us to experience core values and what what is enough for us to experience core values and asking those kinds of questions and then getting on the same page, especially with the leadership team. And also then as you're hiring and you're enrolling people into the team, Mm-hmm. getting really clear and using that as our number one filter. Do we have values alignment with this person? Because skills mm-hmm. can be learned and developed. You know what I mean? If you've got somebody who's really aligned around a mission, and, and again, a mission is just an expression of values mm-hmm. in the world, right? Yeah, I, I want to draw attention to the same thing is true for people who are looking for clients, like filtering for that values alignment. 
Absolutely. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm going through my, um, client enrollment process, the very first call that I'll have is just a half hour where I just want to see, like, do I like you? And what is that? And all do I like you is shorthand for is, do we have values alignment? Do I believe that we are in core values alignment here? That this person can buy into the world that I'm creating and that I can buy into the world that they're creating. And that becomes such a useful framework for before anything else happens, whether we're creating something, you know, valuable together or not, or, you know, whether I add them into my extended network. Cause again, I'm trying to create a, a world here and there's an infinite number of people, right? So I want to like be building the world with the people who are like wanting to build the same kind of world as me. Any other thoughts on core values? I think we this is pretty you know high level and comprehensive, but um, I think we did great. Yeah, awesome. So, oh, I had one more thing in here actually. Great. <gasps> okay, put a pin in it. I just wanted to put a little note around boundaries, and just because mm. I think that it's a misconception that boundaries are what we are trying to keep out and protect ourselves from, and we say tell people that they can't do certain things in our reality. And I just want to highlight boundaries as a, what it is actually doing is protecting our values. Love it. Putting a boundary around what we want to preserve and cultivate more of. Yep. Just as like a little note. Absolutely. And that goes back to values-based communication, but also like boundary setting, like, you know, who would like more, more uh, well-defined and enforced boundaries and honored boundaries. Uh, Great. Look to your core values, understand your core values. And when you're saying yes to things that you're saying yes to your core values, and when you're saying no to things, you're saying no to things that are not your core values. And that's mm-hmm. like a really beautiful reminder. So thanks yeah. for bringing that to the conversation. Yeah, AG. totally. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks all for listening. Go out there and live those core values. I, you know, I'd love to hear, uh, you know, maybe you go over to our Instagram and you like, let us know what, what your, what your core values are. Cause I want to see, I want to know the people who else is out there creating from connection, growth and play and authenticity and curiosity and wisdom mm-hmm. and, uh, and excitement. I, I want to know like, what's, uh, you know, what's, what's alive in you. I- I'd be really interested to hear that. And, um, and I hope that you, you take this conversation and you, and you understand that what you take away from this is really the the embodiment of the values is so much more important than just the like the listing out of them and the mm-hmm. living in them is really what makes a fulfilled meaningful life totally since you invited people to go to instagram i'll just share really quick our instagram handle is lucid underscore shift underscore and that's in the that's in the show notes so um look forward to hearing from you and live your freedom love your life Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free, then we are thrilled. If so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.